Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. You are in the spotlight with Brian Gardner for Tuesday, September 15, 2015. Good to have you all here for our first of three shows this week. Much like last week, three shows. Tuesday, Thursday, and, of course, Football Friday coming at you this week as well. So that's what's on tap for this week. So a very exciting week, a very exciting week on tap for you all this week. Tonight we got a little sports, a little bit of wrestling tonight. Um, Thursday, the big show, 5th Annual In the Spotlight TV Awards. We'll be broadcasting live here on Talk Show at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. For those of you that have been with us, you know the drill. Uh, we'll announce the winners that you help. That a lot of you help to vote on. Plus, we will vote on the live voted awards. There are three categories of live voted awards that we will vote on throughout the award show Thursday night. So, right at the top of the show, for those that do not know, at the top of the show, I will announce the nominees for the live voted awards. And these nominees, of course, help to be help were help decided on by the listeners. We, the submissions were all submitted by last Thursday. And we'll announce those nominees, and then you have about an hour to vote on those live-voted awards. And then we'll present the winners of those awards right before the biggest award of the night TV program of the year. It's a huge night, one of our biggest nights of the year, right next to the Film Awards. So you want to make sure you tune in again, 8 o'clock Eastern time this Thursday here on Talk Show. It's a very, very big show. And, of course, it's Friday, Football Friday, our second Football Friday. Last Friday was a tremendous success. I'm very happy about that. And as for um, what time Friday for Football Friday, my guess would be probably it might be an earlier Football Friday. I'm going to say around noon-ish, 1230, somewhere in there. But I'll confirm that with you all on Thursday, what time that will take place. But it will take place during the day on Friday. And, um, again, that's the thinking right now, 12, 1230. It will be a little earlier than last week, so. But I'll announce that and confirm that on Thursday's show, which, again, is a huge, huge show. And tonight, again, sports wrestling kind of combo here. We'll do a very little sports, a couple of little things we're going to get to. Uh, and then the bulk of the show is going to be wrestling, previewing WWE's United Champions pay-per-view, go over the card, make predictions, all that good stuff. And then we'll address a few questions and comments. We're not going to go too long tonight with that. But we'll address a few of the more pressing ones that I picked out. And then that will be our show here for tonight. Usually wrestling shows we do on Thursday, but because of the TV awards, we had to do that tonight. So that's what we will do. So big show tonight, big show Thursday, and then, of course, football Friday on Friday. So lots to do, lots going on this week. We told you it would be a September to remember. Well, here we go. We're in the thick of it. Last week was kind of like our ease in, you know, get our feet wet kind of week. And now we're getting some big stuff here. So... Exciting times for us as we approach the fifth anniversary of the show. So with all that being said, let's get going. As always, if you want to interact or contribute with, the show, with any of us on the show or have your voice heard on the show, you can do so by emailing us at itspotlight411 at gmail.com. Again, it's itspotlight411 at gmail.com. 
You can also follow us and tweet us at IT Spotlight 411. And it's at IT Spotlight 411. And please remember to use the hashtag, hashtag IT Spotlight 411. Again, it's hashtag IT Spotlight 411. Or, as this is kind of mostly a wrestling show, you can also use the hashtag, hashtag ITS Wrestling. And it's hashtag ITS Wrestling. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for us using the title In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner, which is our current full title of our show that will be changing in the next few weeks, but that is still the title you want to search for us under. And then once you find our Facebook page, like it, go ahead and post whatever you like to post. Um, all right. Again, I gave you what's going on this week. It's a big week. As for what's going on next week, okay, um, I'll get into that on thir- briefly on Thursday. We're not going to have a lot of time on Thursday because we're doing the TV awards, so... I will address a little bit of what's going to happen on next week's show, on next week's shows on Thursday. Um, there's a couple little things that we might be doing next week differently. I mean, obviously, we'll do our normal sports stuff, you know, and we'll do our normal entertainment stuff, which we're not doing this week. We don't have the time. But um, there's a, a, something a little special we're going to do next week because it is the first week of the, the TV season. And I mentioned this a couple weeks ago of some things that we might do. Because we usually do some kind of like TV preview or something like that. Well, we will be doing something like that next week. I'll get more into it. It makes sense for me to kind of preview that, even though I've already kind of spoke about it and explained it a couple. Uh, I think it was last Tuesday I explained it. Um, even though I've already mentioned it, I will mention and kind of remind you all of what what we're looking at as far as what we're going to be doing, as far as what we're going to be doing for the TV season next week. Okay. The first week of the TV season. Some things are premiering this week, but there'll be some other things that the majority of things won't be uh, premiering till next week. So it makes sense to do some stuff with TV next week, and that's exactly what we're going to do and to preview it and kind of give you all a heads up because I know some people didn't tune in last Tuesday. You know, and again, even though it's the Welcome Back show last Tuesday, some people didn't tune in thankfully because that was one of my worst shows. But um, you know, I did mention a little bit about it. I'll mention more about it on Thursday and kind of remind you all and explain a little bit about what it's going to be entailing and it makes sense to do it with the TV awards and all. So I'll mention that on Thursday. So, all right, so you'll learn more about next week on Thursday. And I gave you a little rundown of what's coming up this week. Obviously, the fifth anniversary is coming up fairly quickly. It's already the 15th of September. See what happens when Labor Day is so late? Look how fast September. September, to me, used to be like the longest month one of the longest months of the year, September and October. Um, I, I never understood why. And not, and, and, but when you get Labor Day late, September just kind of flies. And as a result, October kind of flies because it kind of ex- it extends your summer a little bit. So it, I, I like that. It makes, it, it makes me happy because I don't like, I'm not a big fan of the fall. So Anyway, with all that being said, end of random thought. Let me bring my co-host on. He is now appearing on the line, so let's bring him on. Mike, you are in the spotlight. I am in the spotlight, yes, I am. (laughs) Hey, you always criticize me for not being enthusiastic. I'm enthusiastic, and now you're going to mock me? I have no idea what you're talking about. I only listened to approximately two seconds of the show, so I have no idea if you came on enthusiastic. I don't know if you came on happy or sad. I don't know if you came on here nor there. I don't know if you came on anywhere. I don't know if you came on here, uh, Sam, I am. I don't know. <laughs> <Light. laughs> 
And do not come on my green eggs and ham. Wow, that that went to a place I did not think we were going to go. But for all, way to educate our listeners on the final points of Dr. Seuss. Way to do that. Oh, uh, well, uh, this is the wrestling show, right? Yeah. Yeah. They they need they need fine literature after the crap WWE's produced recently. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, so, oh the oh the places will go. You it's a, it is a wrestling show, but we only we're going to have a two person panel tonight. Justin will not be joining us. I didn't get an explanation about that. Just an I can't, but you know it is what it is. <laughs> um, but we do have. As always, the usual third member of our team, Jeff Tech. Are you laughing over one of your own jokes? No, I I threw to I, I mentioned Jeff Tech, and I was waiting for you to do your usual long introduction for Jeff Tech, and you never did. Oh, so I was just inadvertently funny. That happens too. Jeff Tech, of course, is our technical guru. <laughs> Speaking of places he's going, <laughs> the countdown to the end of the run of Jeff Tech is upon us. He will. It'll be, oh, the places he'll go. Hopefully it's not to jail, for he knows how much that hurts so. Uh, uh, yeah. Just, just be sure to send you... Just be sure to send emails with hashtag Jeff Tech found me in the ad prison. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> he might know. By and the know. way, we were, when Justin did the show on Thursday, I had mentioned to him because, I, uh, I mean, obviously he hasn't done the show in a while, so he was kind of like, wait, we changed the email. Wait, we did this. We, and I, he mentioned to me, I said, well, we're getting to the end of Jeff Tech's run because he, he obviously had said that he was going to go off right around the end of, after the fifth anniversary next month. And I don't know if that means you know, the last, the fifth anniversary of his last show. He's going to wait to the episode after. I don't know. He, he still hasn't really told me. But um, I said that I said that Justin, my plan, and I've been trying to plot out a way to, to 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 get Jeff Tech to call into the show, his last show. I'm trying to find a way to draw him out. Like I've been racking my brain trying to think of a way. He knows I've been trying. He's he's. He knows because I've been trying to like ask questions and trying to figure out like, oh, you know, maybe you could go to a, uh, uh, a, a go into your car and call in on yourself because he claims you don't want to call in with the children around and everything. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So I'm trying to figure out a way. And I said, wouldn't it be hilarious if he he, he told us what a month and a half ago when he came back from his hiatus that he was going to be done in October. Wouldn't it be hilarious we we give him, like, this big goodbye ending, like, goodbye show, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, guess what? I'm not done. It's the typical jerk move he would do. Just like his pathetic breaking news alerts. I mean, <laughs> clearly I'm the only one that's considered this as an option. Maybe? Possibly? Whatever. All right. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on a little. Uh, I'm on an island here by myself in that thinking, apparently. But okay. All right. So let's stop wasting time talking about random Jeff Tech stuff. And oh, that's why Mike didn't answer me. He's off the line. I am so sorry. I did not realize that. 
usually when you start talking, you forget that other people are in the room. It, it, you're right. I, I won't dispute that. But I, re- I, I literally was looking at the computer screen, and I, it, if I had the switchboard up like I usually do at the start of the show, I probably would have noticed that, but I didn't. So, yeah, my bad. And that, ex- and that explains why Jeff Tickets was or is or maybe will eventually be a useful part of the show. Because he would be the guy who would say over AIM, hey, this person is disconnected, Brian, shut the hell up. Oh, please, he hasn't and, been that effective in, about, in like a year and a half. Yes, but he did do it, so at one point he was helpful. Yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, I don't know, the great Pornhub crash of 2015. He was forced <laughs> to move over to Red Tube. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if, uh, I mean, if we want to blame it on that, I'm sure that devastated him. I'm pretty sure that la- everything I just said for the last like 20 seconds is going to be uh, talk shooed, if you will. So it'll come off like the great port up crash of 2050. You had to move over to Red Okay. <laughs> so we're doing wrestling tonight. All right, so what we're gonna here's what we're gonna do tonight. There's a couple little sports things I want to touch on, Um, and then we're gonna get right into wrestling because I want to give the most of the show to that because that's what's gonna take a little bit. Uh, Really quickly though, obviously we spoke the last two weeks a little bit about the U.S. Open tennis. Serena Williams had the uh, was supposed to have the historic run, gonna win, you know, Grand Slam, first Grand Slam since. Steffi Graf in 1998. Well, guess what? Serena Williams got knocked out in the semifinal. So, see, this is what happens. You think that everybody thought it was a lock. It wasn't a lock. And granted, her opponent had a great, great, great match. But it was still a surprise, so that was upsetting. She didn't complete her historic run. So that happened over the past week. All right, so let's put that. That's that's. I mean, what, what else can you say? It was just a surprise. It was an upset. Okay, it is what it is. Um, that's one thing. Secondly, obviously, baseball is headed towards its big. I mean, we're, we're about two and a half, three weeks away here from the end of the season. The season ends the first week of October. Um, a lot of these races, some of these races are pretty much closed. Some of these races have tightened up. Um, you know, the AL. For the most part, the AL West is still a race. Houston might end up dropping down to the wild card. Angels have been, uh, the Rangers have been taking, taking things out on them this week. So we'll see what happens there. Rangers are a team to watch right now. And I'll tell you something. One of the interesting things is that could happen, okay, you're looking at the AL East and the AL West. And it seems apparent that right now these are the teams we're down to for playoffs. We know Kansas City's going. Okay, we know that Toronto's likely going, okay, and we know that at least one team out west is going. So here's what you're left with. You got the Yankees, you got the Angels, you got the Twins, you got the Rangers. Those teams are all in the mix. I think you can count the Rays out. I think you can count the Orioles out despite the fact they got a little more hot recently. I don't think anybody else is in the mix here. Okay, you got to commend the Twins for being in it as long as they have. I thought they'd be out of it by now. 
the Angels are still hanging in there, but you know, with the and, and the Angels are only alive, in my opinion, because of the fact that the you know, these teams have to play each other, and the Astros and the Rangers are kind of beating each other up here for the Angels to stick around the race. All right, and if Houston keeps falling, that gives the Angels a chance. That's the only reason why I think the Angels are so out. Otherwise, they wouldn't. I think they'd be out too. And if you're the Yankees right now, now this weekend, obviously, I think most people would have said, "Up, oh, go for the wild card," because Toronto just crushed them in that series. But you know, they picked up a game and a half over the last two days. They can keep winning games. You know, they still got three games left for Toronto, so nothing's nothing's done yet there. But for the Yankees, I think it would be a huge. The way Texas has been playing, Texas has been really hot. It would be a huge turn of events. If Texas wins the AL West, Yankees get the first wild card, and Houston ends up being the team that they play. Because, now that's not to say that Houston would be an easy out, but think about this. Houston's such a young team that they'd have to come into Yankee Stadium for a one-game play. But I'd rather face, even though Houston's lineup isn't bad, I'd rather face that lineup than face Texas as hot as they've been. I'd, I'd rather play that. I'd rather do that. Obviously, I think the ultimate thing for them would be to say, see Minnesota because the Yankees had to wait with Minnesota for years. But I think Minnesota right now, Minnesota just kind of hangs there. They haven't made any progressive one. They've been a game or a game and a half out for like a month. So at some point, you know, and I, I guess the, 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 the thing that could happen too is if Texas wins the AL West and the Angels and the, and the Astros kind of negate each other and Minnesota sneaks in. It's, like, it's not like Minnesota's out of it, but... We'll have to see. you got the AL. That's why it's the way I see the AL. The NL, where you're at right now, is the Mets. The Mets are going to win the division. They're up 10 games now. That that They're they're going. The Dodgers are going. Giants right now still have a slight chance, but it's not in the wild cards for the division. Even that is fading right now. Um, the wild cards are locked up. The Pirates and the Cubs are going to be your two. So it's going to be an, an, at three teams out of the Central. The car, one of the, the Pirates could still catch the Cardinals because they've come back down to earth. Their injuries have finally up, caught up with them. But even if the Cardinals lose the division, they're going to be one of the wild cards. So all three of those teams from the Central are going to go. Uh, you're going to have the Dodgers, uh, let the Giants keep up, catch up to them. So you know your teams. You know, the NL races are pretty much settling themselves. The only difference is now is positioning. Just, Somebody does the Pirates beat the Cardinals for the division? That's pretty much the biggest thing up for grabs. And maybe if the Giants have a miracle, they can sneak in and, beat, and knock the Dodgers out. But other than that, I think that's your 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 NL is pretty much set. Um, so not much to say there. So that's where they're standing in baseball. Um, not much to be said there. Other than that, just kind of want to give an update on where everything stands and my feeling on it. So I'm did that, let's move on to something else, which is where I want to actually have a discussion. It's a story that I mentioned on Football Friday, something I thought we'd discuss briefly here on the show. And I, wanted, I, I, I could have discussed that on Friday, but I wanted to wait until I had Mike on it. it. It's something that actually, it's something that we'll discuss a little tonight, and I know we'll discuss it as we get further into uh, the college uh, sports season. Because it is um, something worth discussing. 
And I'm trying to find the story here, and I'm hoping I can find it. It was on ESPN, I know that. Um, I had mentioned it to Mike off the air, too, I know that. Okay, where is it? Oh, I'm here. I thought I had it, and it wasn't the story that I wanted here. See if I can find it. Okay. I know it was a Pac-12 story. i got to find it, though. Um, that's an outdated story. That's not the story I needed. Okay, that's schedule, home. See if I can find Pac-12. Hang on a second. Oh, okay. This might be the one I. It's not, from, it's not the same article I saw, but it'll, it'll, it's just, it'll, it'll help nonetheless. All right, Pac. The Pac-12 proposes athletes profiting off their name. Okay. Now, like I, said, I mentioned this on Friday. I'm going to paraphrase this article. I'm getting from CBS Sportsline. The Pac-12 has submitted a proposal that would allow college athletes to use their names, images, and likenesses to promote their own non-athletic business ventures. In light of the pending Ed O'Bannon lawsuit, the Pac-12 idea appears to represent an incremental step by college sports readers to adopt bylaws allowing players to make money off their name, but with a qualifier. Pac-12 Deputy Commissioner Jamie Zenovich said athletes would be able to promote themselves while identifying themselves as an athlete. Under current NCAA rules, athletes are prohibited from accepting any money for or permitting the use of their name or picture to advertise or promote directly the sale of a commercial product or service. The eligibility of athletes is not affected if they participated in the promotional activity prior to enrollment and meet certain conditions. Uh, the PAC-12 submitted the the. NIL's idea to the NCAA last week is part of the Power Five's proposals for consideration at the NCAA convention in January. The conferences have until November 15th to amend or finalize their concepts for proposals. NCAA autonomy allows the 65 schools from the ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, and SEC, plus Notre Dame, to create their own legislation that the rest of Division I can erect to follow. Uh, Zenovich said the NIL proposal attempts to modernize college sports and make athletes more similar to the entire student body. He cited examples, ca- example cases in the 1990s of Jeremy Bloom being unable to play football at Colorado while accepting ski endorsements and UNLV basketball player Greg Anthony facing NCAA restrictions from his T-shirt business. This is a quote from Zenovich. We run into a bunch of quote, uh, situations where kids want to write books on something completely unrelated to their athletic experience or develop an app that has nothing to do with a- athletics and they have to establish an alias and it doesn't make intuitive sense, end quote. He said, Zenovitz continued on, so the idea must be formulated into a detailed proposal and the intention is to get national feedback. He said the idea is not to allow athletes to be paid off their athletic success, such as for autographs. He compared this proposal to the NCAA rule change years ago that allows athletes to have jobs that they demonstrate their actually performing work and being paid at the going rate. All right, there's a lot more on this, but you can check the articles on CBSSportsLine.com. So basically what it is is this. 
they if, if it's if it's not something that doesn't have to do with athletics, like the, the example he started as they can write, if a student wants to write a book or develop an app, okay, so basically their own business, they should be allowed to do that and profit off their own name. They can promote themselves and maybe even bring up the fact that they're an athlete, but they can't be doing something in conjunction with athletics to make money. Mike, you got any thoughts? It's about time. You know what? It's just the first step towards... This uh, it's it's not pay to play, but it's compensation right. for what they're doing. Um, yeah, these kids should be able to make money off their jerseys, or these kids should be able to make money off of team T-shirts. These kids should be able to make some profit because there's there's literally little way they kind of are able to survive somehow. I, I just don't even know. The NCAA is going to try to make some sort of, um, eventually, they're going to be dragged to some sort of compromise. But by that point, that compromise is going to be too late. Right. It's going to be too late because we suggested that it might be going to a bond or they might it might go into, that money might pay for their books and stuff. At this point, no. Maybe five years ago, that would have been fine. Right. Maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you might not have had the violations with Michigan and all those other schools. Hmm. Miami. You might not have all these violations 25 years ago. Now... I don't think anybody's going to settle for anything less than, like, paychecks, Mm. legit paychecks, legit-ass paychecks. Money they could, they're free to do whatever with. At this point, this is kind of where they're going, but they, at the they they really should just be able to make money off their stuff. And this is compounded off the story with Stanford uh, University. Which, for whatever reason, the Pac-12 was a hotbed of social justice and, and sports and school this week. Stanford University, uh, I don't know if they're voting on it or if they're making this a thing um, or if they've already voted on it. Right. But there are there, or if it's a proposal, but... If you make less than X amount of dollars, you can go to Stanford University for free. Hmm. You know, depending on getting in and et cetera and so on. So you got to want to be they, – they want the best of the best. Right. And Stanford is one of those universities that, well, yeah, we want the best of the best, but sometimes the best of the best can't afford the $100,000 loans they might have to take out. That's true. So they're like, all right, full ride. So that, Stanford, that could be a thing. And if Stanford does it, I could see more universities kind of jumping on that bandwagon to try to get 
the best of the best because it, it, literally you are selling away years of your life for debt. True. For debt, you are trading four years for uh, at, at the late at the if you may have a good money if you have a good job make good money at least ten fifteen years if you're stuck in a worse job you're looking at maybe thirty. Right. That is an unfair trade-off, and then, and then you know what? You don't you don't need to hear me talking about it because there are smarter people out there who are commenting on the situation. And this needs and this is one of the areas in our society, and there are a lot of fudging areas in our society. I didn't say it. <laughs> that need total, just a total makeover. Right. Just a redo. A lot of areas in our society. And college is one of them. College is one of them. Total makeover. Because 50 years ago, 60 years ago, when the greatest generation went to college, you serve in the Army, you go to college for free. Full ride. Right. For free, for free, for free, for free. When did it become like this? When it, when Cal, when colleges started realizing they could that they could make money off of this, when the NCAA realized that screw them, screw the players, you can make money off of this. Fifty years ago, sixty years ago, when everything was cheaper, when everything was a nickel, when the NCAA wasn't so high-handed. Well, before the NCAA, this wasn't an issue, now was it? No. When you get when you get greedy assholes involved, that's when it happens. And eventually, it comes back to bite them in the ass. They're greedy, fat ass, <clears throat> and that's what's going to happen. Eventually, wow. like 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 well, everything, the NCAA is going to change. It needs to change. This, I think, is the first step. You're welcome. Kevin Owens, Intercontinental Champion. I think, you know what, it seems like, and the one thing I got from this, first of all, is, you know, they mentioned, well, camp, it, it won't have to do with athletics because, because it's not like they're signing endorsement contracts to promote them, like, you know, playing basketball, okay? Yeah, they might be selling T-shirts with their name on it, promoting them as a player, but it, it's, it's like side businesses. It's like ways to make money because they're thinking of it as the same way as they mentioned the, the, the rule change about having a job. You know, it, it goes along with that. It's like they have a job. They're just self-employed. So basically what this is, this, it's the conferences, okay, because it mentioned the conferences being have the ability to kind of police themselves. The conferences see what's coming. They are trying to protect themselves. They're extending an olive branch to their players. Like, you know what, at least we're trying to find ways within the current structure to give you all a little bit of, uh, give you all a little bit of help. So when the players continue to push this idea of, you know, payment, compensation, the conferences can say, hey, you know what, we were trying to help along the way. Remember, we kind of got you to this point. We helped. Because what's what's, like you said, it's a small step forward. And the conferences can say, we helped to make this possible by helping you along the way uh, jump ahead a little by little with these little steps. It's, it really is a way to kind of strengthen the relationship these conferences have with their players. 
and so that they don't end up bearing the brunt of, you know, the continued frustration of these players over the fact they don't get anything for the fact that the NCAA is making a ton of money off them. Because it, their likenesses, their, their, you know, jerseys, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, like you said, it's, it's a step forward. It's an hour branch, and it's a good idea. And it does kind of it's, it paved the way for you know once if they, assuming this goes through the players to say all right we did this okay and then in another year let's see if we can do that and the other thing too is that the conferences have shown themselves to be progressive in this okay then the players are going to kind of go to the conference and say okay you can be our ally here help us and and you know it, it's 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 a good – I think it's a good thing. That's at least – I mean, even though they're probably doing it for their own selfish reasons, okay, at least it's something that in, in some way, shape, or form is progressive in trying to help the players. That's a good thing. Regardless of what their real intentions are, if they're selfish or not, it's something that is going to help the players. And I don't see why this doesn't go through. I really don't. And if it doesn't, then I think it's stupid. But it's definitely something that bears watching. It will be voted on. We'll see what happens November through January when it's, it's, it's going to be a thing as far as whether they pass it through or not. We'll keep talking about it. These issues don't go away. We, I know once we get into the college basketball season and further into the college football season, and, of course, around the Final Four, we're always talking about issues like this. That's always a thing. So, um, no doubt this is not the first we'll talk about the story or the last, you know, so. But I just wanted to bring it up. It's something I want to talk about. It's an interesting story, so definitely won't be the last you hear of it and other issues that kind of tag along with it. All right, so that's all I wanted to cover in sports. Let's get into wrestling now because we have a lot to cover there. And as is always the case when we're previewing a WWE pay-per-view, we'll go down the card make predictions, discuss any possible angles that go into it, and then go from there. And then with whatever time we have left, we'll address questions and comments from the listeners. Again, we won't do too many tonight. Um, just the ones I think you know, are kind of pressing that have to be done tonight. And that will be it. So let's get right down into it right now. This is WWE's Night of Champions pay-per-view coming at you this coming Sunday on the WWE Network. And, of course, also on pay-per-view, even though they don't like to mention that. <laughs> but it's the truth. Um, all right, so Night of Champions. And, Mike, what did I say last night about the fact that the, I, I thought that the Stardust, uh, Ascension, uh, Neville, uh, Lucha Dragons thing was going to be a pre-show match? I fell asleep. I had no idea. It was, it was announced. It's the pre-show match. It was that predictable. It's kind of funny. Yeah, but. well, they they have to get Stardust on a major thing after, you know. Yeah. His shirt with a Mel, you know, grossed over $297 million for charity. Or, excuse me, million, $1,000. Right. I was looking at the number earlier and it had a million, and I just don't know why. So, yes, it grossed $297,000 for a Charity. So Amel is Amel and Stardust created something special. Well, so yeah, we need to get we need to get Stardust on a place of kind of prominence now. 
that that is that is your pre-show match. It's the newly allied Stardust and Ascension versus the newly allied Neville and Lucha Dragons. Uh, since you already were talking about Mike, you want to preview that match? Uh, I guess, but no, but I, I will. Uh, God, you know what? I was telling you last night, Kalisto could be one of the biggest draws they will ever have in the modern era. Right. He could be. No, he You just got to give him, you got to give him the good merch, and you got to push him to the moon. You got to give him the Rey Mysterio push. In fact, you got to treat him with a little bit more kid gloves than Rey Mysterio. But Kalisto could be one of your next big things. Why am I saying that? Because he is stuck in his nothing tag team match with Sin Cara and Neville versus Stardust and the Ascension. Now, this is not a bad thing. It's all right. I have a feeling there's some plans, maybe, for the Luke the Dragons down the road, hopefully. But it's not this night. Oh, no. See, Neville won at SummerSlam. Booking logic states that Stardust is getting his win back. Not that it matters, but it looks like they kind of want to do something with the cosmic wasteland here. Right. So I'm going to say, because they, they, I guess there's a little bit of hope for here for the Ascension Stardust. So I'm going to say Stardust and the Ascension get the win here in this magnificent pre-show match. Um, and that's it, because there's really no other way to kind of describe it. Right. So, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there used to be this convention. When they started doing these, like, pre-show matches, the convention was always was that the faces would always win because they didn't want to start the, the, the night on a bad note. But they've sat these matches, because it's usually an hour pre-show now, they end up doing these matches smack in the middle of the pre-show. So by the time, even if the heels win, it's, it's pretty much forgotten by the time they get to the start of the show anyway. So I don't think that the conventional wisdom exists anymore. It doesn't mean that the heels have just as good of a chance. And I I kind of think you're right. I think it, it's interesting. Who would have thought that pairing the Ascension with Stardust would ha- actually help their credibility? It, it has. They're clearly trying to go so This is the time of year where WWE starts investing in tag teams again. It's like, oh, yeah, we forgot about them. It's like they, they, from, like, August through, like, December, they care. And then Royal Rumble hits, and then see you later. We'll see you again in, in August. That's, it's just the time, fall is just their tag team season. I don't know what it is. But bearing that in mind, I think that they're building up Ascension and Stardust. And I, I, I almost have this feeling that maybe they want to do an Ascension Dudley Boys thing at some point. I just, I don't know. I'm getting this vibe. Like, I feel like they, they think that that could be good. But they got to build Ascension up, and maybe they're going to use Stardust to help do that. Whatever. It gives them all something to do. And at least it's something in the mid-card. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of sick of the Stardust-Neville stuff. But at least it's a mid-card feud. At least they're trying to do mid-card feuds outside of the U.S. and the Intercontinental title feuds. So I'll give them a pass on that. Should be at least an entertaining match. Which dragons are spot monkeys anyway, and Stardust is always interesting. So I mean, 
I, I'm, I'm going with Elon. I think that there's something more. I think Stardust and the Ascension are closer to having something, uh, some kind of direction than. Then Neville and the Lucha Dragons. What? Did you did you finish that thought? No, I did. What did you tell me you didn't? I I did. I said Stardust and the Ascension winning. Alright. I was gonna win Toss you, but alright, whatever. You probably could blame them. It's okay. I do blame <laughs> them. Alright, next match on the card. We'll go with the, let's see, 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 let's see. Let's get, let's get this one out. Let's get Ziggler versus Rusev out of the way, because this is a feud that just needs to go away. Ziggler versus Rusev, of course, Summer Rae will be in Rusev's corner. Lana cannot be in Ziggler's because she is out of an injury for, I think, three to four months. This feud just needs to go away. All right. Ziggler came back. You protected both of them, which I, I get, I kind of like because I don't want either one of these guys to lose right now. But at the end of the day, you know, what's, what's booking wisdom here? You know, the face kind of has to get the win. You took the face out with injury. Face kind of has to get the win. Just let Ziggler win and move on. All right. You know, Rusev already came, Rusev's already proven he can kind of come back from being kind of partially buried after being injured and Cena, what Cena did to him and that, he's already kind of come back a little bit. You know, I would say just protect the heck out of him. Do some kind of thing where he hits his, he gets, you know, his head hits the ring post. I don't know. Run something where he looks like a beast in defeat. And let's move on. Because it's not benefiting Rusev. It's not benefiting Ziggler. The angle's not going anywhere. People don't care about the love triangle. And without Lana, it's pointless anyway. So, and, and really, the, the biggest problem last night was that Ziggler almost came off like the heel. Because he interferes in the match. He super kicks Rusev. I mean, I, I know faces have done that from time to time, but, you know, I, we're just circling the drain here. It'll be a good match. All right, these two are good workers. But it needs to end here. So my my thinking is if it's going to end here, okay, that's where it gets hard to predict because I think there's there's some people that would push Ziggler and there's some people that push Rusev. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that Summer Rae is going to cost Rusev and they're going to take Summer Rae away from Rusev because they already teased that kind of yet last night. So because of Summer Rae, I think Ziggler beats Rusev. And then we move on. That's my prediction. Mike? I really don't care about this match. I wish this would end just like everybody else would. <laughs> that being said, I suppose I have to go with Dolph. It's not like they're going to do anything with him after, so I'm going to choose him. And maybe they'll do something with Rusev, but probably not. That was good. 
go on to the net. Let's go on to another match. I'm trying to do since it is Night of Champions. I kind of want to line up the title matches. So we're doing the non-title matches first. All right. So next up on the card is the Wyatt family: Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, Braun Strowman, and versus basically the Shield. They're calling him kind of the Shield again, but we'll just name him: Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and Mystery Partner, who. It could be there's rumors that it could be anywhere from Eric Rowan to Daniel Bryan to The Rock. Okay, those are just tons of rumors out there about this third member and the fact that they left it to the pay per view for it to be revealed. Um, has a lot of people thinking it's going to be somebody bigger than Eric Rowan because they would just maybe reveal that last night. And if you saw their little WWE exclusive, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose for teasing that they that. We're kind of teasing around about that and mentioned that uh, their partner could be the great Kali, even. It was a joke, but it was funny. So check it out if you haven't. But anyway, that's oh, the match. No, no, it wasn't the great Kali. They agreed on Savio Vega. Well, they mentioned the great Kali, too. Well, yes, with the great Kali as a backup. But Savio Vega might just be the guy. I'm just saying, if you, if you don't know who Savio Vega is, Brian, you should, you should get yourself on Barossa. I probably should. But anyway, that's the match. Mike, go ahead. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about The Rock being a part of this match until I did the WWE poll for this match. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did the poll, and they mm-hmm. said, and then The Rock was one of those things. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Why are we even talking about The Rock? But, um, so, well, okay, so this is a thing. Um, I mean, other other uh, names in that poll included uh, Daniel Bryan, The Undertaker, Chris Jericho, Eric Rowan, any NXT guy. <laughs> so, you know, there, 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 are, uh, there are some names in there, and Eric Rowan. Um... That being said, Reigns' team got the win at SummerSlam. Bray got the win at the pay-per-view before. Money in the Bank, I think it was. I don't know. No, it wasn't Money in the Bank. What was it? It was Battleground. Oh, forgettable. Um... Good. I don't even know who it, who it, I, I, I You know what? If it's Rowan, expect Bray to win. If it's Rowan, I I firmly expect Rowan to team with, you know, turn on Reigns and Ambrose and then uh, he rejoin the Wyatts and the Wyatts will win. If it's somebody else, it the match will depend on who that somebody else is. Right. If it's Chris Jericho, for whatever reason, um, it'll be the Wyatt. If it's, say, I don't know, The Rock, <laughs> then it's going to be Team Reigns and Ambrose. So, if it's Rowan, I'm picking the Wyatt. Anybody else, it depends on how big that partner is. Right. So, just, there it just is. To, there's, my, there's my prediction. 
just for the record, the rock stuff, I think it came from Meltzer. He he was doing his, like, radio thing or whatever, and he met, I guess it was mentioned that, that, you know, the rock's name was brought up or something. And they said, well, he's always about making his appearances more meaningful. But they, he didn't think that they'd put the rock in any match unless it was building up to, like, WrestleMania or something. I don't see a reason for The Rock to be in this match because it wouldn't really build to anything unless he screwed Roman Reigns. We're getting Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And there's no reason to even believe that. So I don't see The Rock being in this match. It's interesting because the, the, the conventional choice obviously would be Eric Rowan because then you could have the whole turn, betrayal thing, like double agent thing and Wyatt's win. Daniel Bryan would make sense. He has a longstanding history with Bray Wyatt. But also, Sting was the guy that they wanted for this match to begin with at SummerSlam. But Sting's already in the match. I've heard some people say, well, what if they put the Sting-Rollins match on first? And Sting loses, and then, you know, it's kind of like his redemption. He comes into this match. and wins. They wouldn't do that either, okay? That's, that's dumb. I, my, my opinion is this. Here's what I think. I think it's Eric Rowan. I know last I think I think the fact they didn't reveal it last night has people thinking of somebody bigger. But to me I think they wanna give the I think they wanna get this through the hell in a cell. I the Miz had a slip in the in, in the uh Miz T V promo last night. I I don't even, I don't even know where it was, but people are talking about the fact they kinda tilt to tease the fact that this is gonna go on in the hell in a cell. If that's the case, then the Wyatt's have to win here. That's just conventional wisdom. They have to win here. And I think the easiest way to have them win is for Eric Rowan to join the team. And then and it makes sense that he'd be the only guy willing to join after what's happened. Because he knows the Wyatts. And he's crazy enough to do it. And then right when they're about to win, Eric Rowan turns on Reigns and Ambrose and the Wyatts win. And then you get your big blow-off match at Hell in a Cell where Reigns finally gets the one over on Bray Wyatt. To me, that's the best way to book this program. Everybody comes out with two wins. Everybody's happy. I think it's going to be a great match. I know some people are going to be let down if it's Eric Rowan because the speculation has built this up to be some big, 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 big thing. And it's, I hate that because when Eric, if, if, Eric, if it is Eric Rowan, he comes out, the crowd is going to crap all over this match. And that's unfortunate because this has been a very good feud. It's done a lot of good things for pretty much all everybody involved. This is one of the best book feuds they've had in a long time. It's one of the best things WWE has right now. And I'd hate for people to just crap all just because they think it's some, somebody big like The Rock should be in, their, in, in the Shields corner here. I'd rather it makes sense storyline-wise, and Eric Rowan makes sense. And having him turn and join the Wyatt family will be good for the Wyatts long-term, and it'll be good, it's good booking. So I hope that's what we get. I think it'll be a good match. I'm expecting, I think that, that's what I'm going with. Eric Rowan, the third member, he turns on Reigns and Ambrose and the Wyatts win. Like Mike, like you noted, Mike, if it's somebody else, like somebody bigger like The Rock or something, there's no way that they're going to have them lose, that, team, that, side of the team, that side of the equation lose. There's no way. So it really does depend on who that third member is. All right. Next match on the card is the Tag Team Championship match between the Tag Team Champions, New Day, and the Dudley Boys. New Day, of course, retained their titles last night against the primetime players. 
which was expected. And now they face the W Boys, which is the few they've been building to the last couple of weeks. The W Boys are obviously really over. They're going to throw the primetime players. And obviously the New Day is hugely over. It's good that they got three tag teams over with the crowd. That's a really good thing. And it's the three hottest acts out of primetime players, W Boys and New Day. It's good that they're all kind of circling here in, this, in, the, in the division. I don't think the W Boys are going to win here. I think it's too predictable. I think everybody's expecting it. I think it makes more sense to build this up another month because you had you, you spent the last couple of weeks, even though you were building it, you still had the primetime players in the mix because they were the ones with their rematch clause. I think you can build this up even further. They keep mentioning go get the tables. I think it makes sense to have the New Day win, um, uh, not obviously not clean here, but by shenanigans. And then you have a Hell in the South, since it's more like an extreme kind of extreme rules kind of paper. Anyway, you do a tables match at, uh, at Hell in the South. That's what I think they should do. I think that's probably what they will do. Because so I think the end result is a tables match. I mean, some people might think, oh, they'll just have the W Boys win and put them through the table after the match. No, I think they, the, the ta- they're mentioning the tables so often that it has to play into this somehow like as a big moment. So I say build it up as a big moment. Give this another month to build. Because it's the best thing you got in the division, so keep it going as long as you can. So I think the new and what will be a really, really good match because the new day is amazing, and the Dudley Boys are awesome. You're going to have the new day beat the Dudley Boys by shenanigans and retain the t- titles. Mike. All right, I think the Dudleys win here by disqualification. Oh. Um, because I agree with you. Why rush? Why? Because the New Day is the breath of fresh air in the tag division. They they kind of came back from their crappy start. They became heels. They found their characters. They found their legs. They actually are extremely entertaining. They allowed those guys to just run with the ball, and they did. Like Xavier Woods and Big E are finally are allowed to show their that personality, personality. They just they have, and they're oozing. And Kofi has never been more interesting ever. Ever since he lost, ever since they had that Jamaican accent. Oh, I mean, he was about this interesting when he was shooting with Randy Orton that time. Let me screw that up. but these guys have never been more interesting and these guys have never been more more over now nowadays these guys are just chanting they're not chanting new day sucks (laughs) they are actually chanting new day rocks with these guys and there's a reason because these guys these guys are great the dudley's they are over. They are also a nostalgia act at this point. That being said, anybody who's watched TNA recently, so all ten of you, will know that these guys can still go. These guys are still good. Uh, Bubba Ray is in some of the best shape of his life. Devon is just a beast. Uh, these guys are going to get the tag titles. Excuse me, but I think you're right. They're going to wait for something like Hell in a Cell where they can run a specialty tables match. 
or something like that, in which case they will put the Dudleys over. So, I think we're just saying, because the primetime players are out of chances right now. There's no way that they get back in, and nobody is even going to be built up enough. If Dudleys win here by disqualification, they have a way into hell in a cell, which is what I think is going to happen. Right. I want to say the Dudleys win by DQ, by Shenanigans, by New Nation Shenanigans, and then we move on from there. Uh, I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm, I, as predicted, the gif of Triple H and Stephanie dancing with New Day is all over the place. So, good work to everybody. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen, but it actually happened a lot quicker than I thought, because by like 9 o'clock last night it was all over the place, so. Um, like that happened. I guess that's typical, though. It happens that quickly nowadays. It's kind of surreal to me that people make those things that quick. But all right, next up, the Intercontinental Title match between the champion Ryback and Kevin Owens. I'm sure Mike would love to preview this one. I am one of the people, I am one of the people, and I've said this before and I say it again, that believes Ryback should be either, the, either the having held or is currently in the running to be the guy, the champion. I think Ryback's got it. He is a Vince guy in that he's got the muscles, He's got the look that Vince loves, the power, the strength. and Ryback's got the look. Now, whenever a Vince guy has gone out there, they've either crapped the bed or haven't gotten over, especially in recent history. Vince guys don't do so well. Right. Even John Cena, who is one of the biggest stars in the history of pro wrestling, we are talking about, what, 10, 15 years now? Right. Where all they chant is, let's go, Cena, Cena sucks. Even Randy Orton gets universally cheered. Or universally booed. At this point, those dual chants are cause for concern. When Ryback goes out there, when he does his shoulder motion, the entire crowd, smart and not smart alike, chant, feed me more. When he does the hand motions, every guy, every smart or non-smart out there, chants, feed me more. Ryback, and he's gotten better on the promos, he's gotten better in the ring. Ryback is a guy who should be considered for the top spot, who should be considered for a championship run. Give him the belt and see what he can do. He's finally gotten a shot with a championship, and he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't screwed the pooch. His run with the Intercontinental Championship, other than that little period where he, he had a staff infection, can't get around that. Other than that, Ryback's run of the Intercontinental Championship wasn't bad. 
defended against the Miz, defended against the Big Show. He carried that around. He made it. He made that title seem like it was important. It was important to him. And ergo, everybody else. And I fight for this. Ergo, everybody else sees this as important. Right. The thing with Ryback is he's going. Any other guy, he wins. He's going up against Kevin Owens. I am the big. I am one of the biggest Kevin Owens homers you're you're going to meet. Long story short, Owens was essentially screwed out of the United States Championship. He is going to get the title here. Ryback will look strong. They're going to have a good, solid 10 to 15 minute match. Kevin Owens is going to win with the pop of Powerbomb. He's going to get the title here. I'm going to be so happy. Anything other than that result is a problem. Because Owens is a guy you you need to protect. You need to treat him with kid gloves because he is one of those guys who can who will sell your company five years down the line. He's going to be one of your top merch guys. He's he's already one of your top merch guys. He's going to be one of your top biggest draws for years to come. Right. Owens is the guy. And that's just, that's not just me being a homer. Owens is the guy. So, and this is where it starts. Owens is going to win the Intercontinental Championship here. He's going to beat Ryback pretty clean. And that's how it goes. I think one of the best signs of a talent is when he elevates those around him. Kevin Owens, not only he, not only does he elevate guys in the ring, he elevates guys on the mic. Ryback has been getting better, both in ring and on, on promos. But by far last night was probably one of his best, if not his best, in my opinion. And I think that was because of Kevin Owens. Because, and I think you made the point when we were watching it, you made the point that nobody wants to get, like, they know what Kevin Owens can do. In the ring, and I'm like, they don't want to look bad opposite him, so they're going to raise their game to give, the, give themselves the best chance to not come off looking horrible. And that's what happened there. He he's like, I'm gonna go just go out there and and own, and he did. And Owens let him own because he knew it was good for the program. You're right. He's gonna win on Sunday because this is the mid card title that he should have gotten two months ago to kind of start his push. And since the scene of the Baco, they have protected him. He's won matches. You know, they've kind of, you know, they waited to see what they were going to do. And I think they had to build up Ryback a little bit so that when he beat Ryback, it was meaningful. He's going to beat Ryback clean on, on Sunday. And you're right. They will protect Ryback. You know, they'll have, it'll, it'll be 10, 15-15 minutes. It'll be a grueling physical match, and he'll lose. And Owens will probably hold this until at least December, January, until they probably find something bigger for him to do. It's just a stopgap for him, but it's something that they need for him because they need to get something on him to kind of validate him in the in the company. And here it is. It'll be a good, solid match. 
You know, Ryback's come a long way, and Owens is Owens, and, and yeah, Kevin Owens is going to win. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, next up. Next up on the card. Let's see. Did that match? Did that match? Ah, yes, of course. We got, well, I'll break up the, the, the Seth Rollins matches. The U.S. Championship match between the champion, Seth Rollins, and John Cena. Seth Rollins, of course, working two matches at Night of Champions. There's talk that this match will actually be the main event. I'm hoping that's not the case, but, you know, it's Cena. You know that they're going to... Look, it, whether Cena wins or not, this match is going to be won because if Cena, they're going to want to look, make Rollins look good in defeat if Cena wins. They're going to want to make Cena look good in defeat if Rollins wins. So this is going to be a longer match. This is going to give about 25, 20, 25, 30 minutes. I think there's some tension there, but that's the speculation on my part. It'll be a good match. Um... My thinking is this. I believe that Rollins, now this is a spoiler here, I believe that Sting's losing, losing the title match against Rollins. But if by some chance Sting is winning, Rollins will beat Cena. They are not going to have Rollins lose both titles in one night. It's just not going to happen. they got too much invested in him. They've kept the title on him for so long, despite all the negativity, ratings, arguments, and all that, that they're not going to have both on Rollins now. So either Rollins wins this match and loses the, t- the WWE Championship match, or he wins, uh, or he loses this match and wins the WWE Championship match. It's one or the other. My belief is he's keeping the WWE Championship. I think he loses the U.S. Championship. How? I'm assuming it will be clean. But if he holds on to the WWE Championship, if they, if they do what some speculation has indicated, which is that. The WWE Championship happens early in the night, and this is the U.S. Championship, meaning that in the show, then they'll obviously they'll imply that he's exhausted and tired and all that other stuff. And after you know, a grueling match with Cena, he loses because it's obviously the longer match anyway. You know, they could also run an interference angle here, especially just in the main event somehow. You know, if, if assuming he are, I mean, there's a lot of different things, but I think he's just going to lose clean. Because I don't think this is going to be an event. So I don't think Vince is that dumb. I really don't. I know it's Cena. It'll be later in the show. But I really do not think. Because they, they they had Sting main event last night with the big show. They they know Sting's a popular attraction. They're not good. They'll have Cena late in the show. And they'll leave the Sting-Rollins match for last. I can't believe that they put this in the main event slot. So bearing that in mind, I do think Cena's going to win. I just think he'll win clean. And it'll put more pressure on Seth in this match against Sting. It kind of tells a better story from the man up and, and beat Sting. And I'm so I'm going to say Cena beats Rollins clean in a, a long, long match. Mike? I don't know if this is going to finish the night. I don't. I think it might be mid-show again. If that's the case, there's a strong chance Rollins might beat Cena again. That being said, 
this will hurt me to say, John Cena to beat Seth Rollins to retain the United States Championship. <laughs> because Cena wins, LOL, that SOB. There. Is that it? Moving on. Moving on. Yeah, fair enough. Next match, Divas Championship. Um, this match, of course, between the now longest-running Divas Champion, current Divas Champion, Nikki Bella, versus Charlotte, who got screwed last night in really what many people thought was a horrible booking decision. Um, but just now we get the rematch on Sunday where Stephanie McMahon has issued a stipulation that no matter how Nikki loses, disqualification, pin, submission, whatever, she's going to lose the bout. So there's no way out of it. She has to, if she's going to beat Charlotte, she has to do it. Queen and all that. So, all right, Mike, what say you? Divas Championship match. Because everybody commented on this, let me comment on it real quick. Last night was your moment to put the title on Charlotte, period. After this, what's the point? There is no reason. You should have just run the title change last night. Because this that would have made this match worth a damn, you know? Right. And you know what? It was lazy booking. It was terrible booking. You know how crappy this booking was? A few months ago, they ran this angle with Paige. Which brought about the frustration in the Divas division and the television viewers. This was the reason, one of the reasons, why the Divas revolution needed to happen. It was this. You ran the same angle not even two months ago with Paige. So if you're wondering why people are crapping all over your Shiza booking, it's because it's Shiza booking. Shiza, I think, is German for another word that I can't really say, but I'm going to say it anyways. Okay. It stinks. It's stupid, and it's another S word. (laughs) This match is pointless. It could have been any other person in this match. Right. It doesn't matter. It's, it's Charlotte because, oh, well, Charlotte's got to go in there. and blah, 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 blah. No, there's nothing on the line but the title. There's always something important. It's always more important when there's history on the line. Right. A title, history, importance. That match should have main evented the show last night. Not for staying, that match was in the main event. It was important. It meant something. And the fact that we got the crappy, dusty finish, may he rest, may Dusty rest in peace. That finish was terrible. Like you just crapped all over what everybody was hoping for with the vision. 
the Nikki Bella reign should have never have passed the AJ Lee reign. The Nikki Bella reign should have ended a long time ago. And it should have ended last night. That being said, Charlotte's going to win on Sunday when it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, well, we put the title on Charlotte at the end. That's what their point of view is going to be. But we did it in the end. Well, that's great. You didn't do it when when it could have had the biggest impact possible. So, yeah, Charlotte's going to walk out of nine champions with the belt. But it doesn't matter. You know, if they were going to do what they did last night, and I, I even said this to you last night, and I've seen people mention it too, I like, I like the continuity of the whole twin magic thing, and it, it would have screwed her out of the title. Like, it, it, at first, you know, it screws up. They actually got caught doing it. But here's what should have happened. Stephanie McMahon went out there and said, with history on the line, we're restarting this match. Restart the match, and then you have them go another maybe few minutes, and you have Charlotte win. And then say that, you know what, Nikki, you got away with it, and then in the end, you end up losing it anyway. Because that would have been, in a way, that would have been reflective of that whole title run of Nikki Bella, that there were times when she got away with garbage like that. And it would have been emblematic for her, her reign to end with something like that involved. Like I, the only way you do what you did last night is if you, as soon as that happens, you have Stephanie McMahon come out and say, we're restarting the match. That, we're not having you get history on that. It made no sense for her to maintain the integrity of the Divas division, say that, to say that, and then say, oh, well, we're not, doing, we're not restarting the match. We're going to play it out on Sunday and let Nikki have the, 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 the record. It made no sense. You preach about integrity of the division, but then you let somebody have a record even though you just saw what happened. So that, that was the biggest issue I had, was it just, you know, having her come out there and, and sprout that, and then, and I, I'm not even going to blame her, because I, I know we all can speculate about how, why this happened, okay? I don't, I don't blame McMahon, Stephanie McMahon or Triple H for that part. And we, I think we can all speculate where that, this, this crap came from. You gave them a good amount of time. You had a story here. Mike, Mike is absolutely right. Now, Charlotte's going to win. People are going to wonder, who cares? I know you're putting it out there. Oh, it was supposed to be her night, and Nikki took it away. Hey. Now she's going to get justice. She's going to get revenge for her moment to, to beat her before the record gets hit. But the fact of the matter is, Nikki can lose on Sunday, but she still has the record. She still has the record. She's going to say, oh, well, okay, you beat me, but I still have the record. So she comes out winning anyway. The whole point of doing that match, and I understand people saying, oh, well, why would you have a, have a, a big moment for a new diva on, on a throwaway Raw? Then don't book the match on Raw. Once you book that match, the result should have been Charlotte. The minute you book that match, with the history on the line, the result should have been Charlotte. Mike's right, that should have made a match. I don't care if Sting's in a match or not. Because that and the, that Sting match was pointless anyway. It went exactly as we all saw. It ended up being a tag match with Cena on his side. They went over big freaking whoop. Okay, that could have easily been the ten o'clock match. And if you if you and the Divas match could have been the main event, and we could have done a big big thing. But no, they screwed the pooch on that too. It was a travesty. 
Now, I'm sure they'll go out there and do a halfway decent match, kind of like last night, and Charlotte's going to win. And that's all you can be said about it, but it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to matter even less. Actually, a lot less. And that's not good. And now all the progress you made with this whole Divas Revolution, you need to almost build it back up. And it ain't going to take off until you get the Bellas out of the damn freaking feud. It ain't going to do anything for anybody until the Bellas are away from it now. Now you have to almost get rid of that specter of the Bellas now. You have to get the heck away from the feud, and you need to kind of build it, build it up with the new Divas and, and just act like it never happened. That's what you have to do. I almost would rather Charlotte lose on Sunday. Like, I hope somebody turns, like a page heel turn or something, and, and they, they cost Charlotte. And, I, and then I want, like, on Monday, Sasha Banks to come out and say, well, she couldn't get the job done, but I am. Because I think that's the only thing that can get this Divas division going anytime soon. Because now it's all going to be attributed to Charlotte. It's this horrible booking that happened last night. It's not even her fault. And again, we could speculate over who it is. I think a lot of people can read between the lines and know where that crap came from last night. So Charlotte's winning on Sunday. There's, there you go. It doesn't infuriate both of us, you can tell. Main event, which I, okay, should be the main event. Hopefully it will be the main event, although there is speculation it might not be. WWE Championship match between the champions Seth Rollins and Sting. Mike. Well, I think it's my, is it my turn to go or you? You can go. Go ahead. What match are we doing? The WWE Championship. Oh, Lord. <clears throat> All right. There are so many ways they can mess this up. Here's the way where they can, in my opinion, mess it up the least. Seth Rollins, I feel like, has to walk out of United Champions with no championships. I feel like Seth needs to lose the title here to stay. For two reasons. One, it kind of accelerates that story, alleged story with Triple H. Where the architect at his highest point is brought down to earth after making the authority mad again. They're going to give him a chance to be the man, and he's going to eat it, and he's going to see the authorities' true colors. I think this accelerates that. This could that could be your your fall kind of storyline. And number two, it pretty much fixes the damage done to Sting by losing the WrestleMania match. And now there are reports out there that say that was Sting's decision to lose the WrestleMania match at Triple H. It may may have been, it may not have been. There are lots of reports out there about that one. Pretty much confirming it. For Sting to mean to be even worth a damn right now at WWE, he needs to beat Seth Rollins for the championship as clean as it possibly could be. Because Sting, there's only one match that people want to see Sting in. That's with The Undertaker. If you go into The Undertaker match right now, there is no hype. There is no excitement. Sting 
yes, Sting has all those years of WWE, WCW kind of in him. But to the current audience, he's the guy who lost to Triple H at WrestleMania last year. So Sting needs a big moment. He needs to be the champion. He needs to be the guy, well, Seth Rollins is his biggest point. Sting's the guy who knocked him off. Now, whether or not you run in with Sheamus after that, I think it could happen. I think I think Sheamus probably could walk out as a championship. There's with the championship, there's a good chance there. But I think Sting needs it. I don't care if Sting doesn't want it. I don't care if you've got a situation uh, at WrestleMania where Sting demands to put the guy over, allegedly. They, they need to get the title on Sting. They need to have Sting win the championship. They need to have Sting kind of say, now, all right, I'm, I won the WWE Championship of the hottest act this year. Now that taker match means a damn. Now the person who beat Sting for the title is worth a damn. He can do so much more as champion than he can right now off of name value alone. And, oh, yeah, he finally gets the WWE Championship to kind of go along with that legendary career he has. So I, I have to pick Sting. I am terrified that they're going to screw this up. There's a great chance they are. I have to pick pick Sting. And if Sting wins, I think there's a 85% chance Seamus catches them. You know what I think is interesting? Like I said, I think he either wins one, he's going to win at least one of the matches. Because I think whatever match he doesn't win, okay, whatever uh, whatever match he he wins, okay, the next angle with the Triple H feud, maybe the next time on Raw or something, he has him lose that title because he's a fan and he sets it up where he loses. Kind of like, oh, screw you, you failed me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if he loses to Sting on, on Sunday, let's say he wins the U.S. title, all right, has this big glory moment and goes into the Sting match all overconfident, like, oh, yeah, I beat Cena, you know, whatever. Then he loses. And then he goes on and on, oh, I want a rematch right now and that. So Triple H's like, all right, I'll give you the rematch tonight. And then he has uh, Rowan screwed out of the rematch because he doesn't trust to believe in him. He lost to the guy he beat at wrestling. I mean, there's a lot of potential English, but I think whatever title Seth holds on to, he's going to lose right after that. Because they're gonna, they're gonna, it's going to be like a Triple H scheme to kind of get back at him for failing him. So that's the way I see it playing out. So... Again, it all comes down to which title I think he's going to hold on to. And I think he's going to hold on to the WWE Championship because I think, you know, what do you want to believe that Sting isn't in the in, wants a title or not wants a title or not? Okay, I just don't I, I I just don't see it happening. I don't. He got the he got the one up last night. He got the tap Seth Seth Rollins out. You know, I I just don't see it. I think they're going I think they're going to protect Sting. If it does happen, but I think I think Rollins is coming away with the WWE champion. I don't think Sheamus is cashing in that, on that champions. I just don't. The plan all along was Hell in a Cell. They've gotten Rollins this far along. I think they're going to go the extra month, and they're going to have Rollins lose it at Hell in a Cell. Now, I can tell you right now, what I could see happening 
especially if this doesn't main event the show, is Sting getting screwed and then winning it at Hell in a Cell. That possibility, to me, has come into play. I could see that. Where, you know, especially, especially again, if he figures, well, geez, i got to wrestle two matches. Let me save myself. Maybe he gets himself DQ'd or something so that he can save himself for the Cena match or something. You know what I mean? I could see stuff like that happening. And then they get Sting one more match because I don't know who else they're going to run up against Rollins if he, if he retains the title. It would make sense to give him another match with Sting and then, and then do it in, in Hell in a Cell, especially if people interfere in the match. That way they can keep interference out. It's kind of like Sting saying, all right, let's go into Hell in a Cell, and this time there's no way around it. You have to face me one-on-one. It would be cool to see Sting in a Hell in a Cell match. I know some people might say, well, wait a minute, if Sting wins, you can do the rematch there. I know, but if Sting gets screwed out of it, it might mean more to have it happen. Either way, my belief is you're going to get a decent match. I think Sting's in really good shape. He looked good last night in the brief time we saw him. I think you're going to get a good match, but I think Rollins is retaining I don't, by some kind of shenanigan material. Because I, I, I now think they're going to give Sting another match for the title. A couple of weeks ago, I did not think that. I thought this was a one-off. I think he'd lose and he'd fade back into the back. I, got, I have a feeling now you might get a second match. And not just because he wins and then gets a rematch. So I'm going with Rollins retaining the title, and I am not going, I'm, do not believe there will be a cash-in. I think that will happen at Hell in a Cell. All right. So we previewed all the matches. So we, have, we do have a couple of questions and comments we will get to. And then we'll be it. That'll be it for tonight. Um, okay, first one. There has been a lot of speculation about Kane's return. He has been rumored to be backstage at a few shows, and a report came out today that he'll be backstage at Night of Champions and is even one of the potential candidates for the third member of Team Reigns and Ambrose. How would you bring Kane back, and do you think that it's wise if WWE brings Kane back in an angle that does not involve getting revenge on Rollins and the authority? Mike? So the question is what? There's been all okay. There's been a lot of speculation about Kane over the last few weeks. He's been backstage at a few shows, and it's now the talk. Now that there's been talk and reports that Kane will be backstage at Night of Champions on Sunday, and it's even one of the, those in rumored consideration to be the third member of Team Reigns and Ambrose. Do you think it's wise for them to bring? How would you bring Kane back? And do you think it's wise for them to bring Kane back in an angle that does not involve getting revenge on Rollins or the Authority? Uh, yeah, I agree with that. It's a dumb move to kind of include Kane in that. Kane's whole thing is he's got to take revenge on either the authority or Lesnar. By authority, I mean just Seth Rollins. Right. So there's no point for Kane to even be in that match. There's more of a, there's more of a logic for Eric Rowan to be in that match if he's cleared. Bray Wyatt had nothing to do with Kane getting injured. Kayfabe-wise. Right. And Kane's been backstage. Yeah. Kane's been backstage a lot. <laughs> he could have come back any time he wanted. He's, if he's going to come back, he's going to come back. It's going to involve that problem. 
That's just how it's gonna. It's gonna be how it's gonna. How it's going to go. Barely get it out. Right. You know what? When, when Kane's gonna come back when they need somebody to screw Seth Rollins. That's the point. That's the bottom line. I said this before. And I'll say it again. I think it's gonna go in succession. Kane comes back to screw Seth Rollins, and then it Triple H will act like, oh, I didn't do anything. It's just him getting revenge. And it's not gonna be like a heel turf for Kane. It's gonna be. Kane and Triple H have a common foe here. And then, you know, Kane will go off on his own, on his own face run, and then Seth Rollins will deal with Triple H. That's the way it's going to work. But WWE would do something stupid and put Kane in that angle with the, with the Shield and the Wyatt. I can, I, they've done that crap before where they brought somebody back from injury and they've ignored the fact, or brought somebody back after a brief time and they've ignored the, fa- the, 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 the obvious feud of having them get revenge on the person that put them out. We've had that happen so many times. I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again. But hopefully that's not the case. It practically writes itself, Kane getting revenge on the authority and, and Rollins. But, all right. Uh, boy, so much focus on this third Wyatt, uh, uh, this third person in the Wyatt match. My gosh. Um there's been a lot of speculation of Baron Corbin as being one of the potential candidates to join Reigns and Ambrose in the United Champions match against the Wyatts. To me, Baron Corbin is still a little green. Do you think it'd be smart to accelerate his push to the top? Or do you think that any deficiencies he had would be disguised in a, ma- in a, a multiple-guy match such as this? Eric Corbin is currently a heel in NXT, feuding with Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. I don't see this happening. So let me refer, let me let me state that again. Baron Corbin is Baron Corbin is currently a heel in NXT, feuding with Samoa Joe. It's more likely they're going to bring Samoa Joe up to be the partner. Right. Now I don't think they're going to bring Joe up to be the partner, but if it is. But if he is, everybody's going to mark the heck out. Baron Corbin is a guy they're high on. Baron Corbin is also a guy who's not ready yet. Because Baron Corbin can be a guy who draws a lot of money down the line. Right. So they're not going to rush that guy. They're not going to rush him at all. He's one of the crown jewels of NXT. You're not gonna. You're not gonna mess that up, right? So, no, it's not gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be Corbin. You, if it's gonna be a guy from NXT, it's probably gonna be Balor or Joe. Right. I think Joe fits the bill, the best of anybody at NXT. I think because I, I think I, 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 first of all, he's obviously he, he's he's obviously ready. First of all, and second of all. You know, it, it, it would it, it's something that you can kind of, it, it, it's you see it believable like oh yeah you know we went and got somebody out of NXT and it's somebody that's you know can match up a little bit you know it's it's I never even thought of Joe but it would make more sense than somebody like Corbett you're right and, and, and here's the other thing I've seen whenever they brought somebody up from NXT they've usually stayed on whatever side they were on in NXT so if they're a face they've come up as a face. If they're, if they're a heel, they've come up as a heel. 
So I don't think you're going to see Baron Corbin come up as a face. And they are not ready for him yet. There are big plans for that guy. They have a lot of hype around him. They do not want to rush him. And I don't think they just make him as some uh, third member on this team. When he debuts, he's going to make an impact. And I'm not to say somebody can't make an impact in a match like this. They can come in and get the pin or something, but it's not the same thing. So I don't see that. Samoa Joe's a guy you could see, but not Baron Corbin. Okay. Well, a Divas question. Yay. Um, to me, it seems like WWE is is not giving Sasha Banks enough airtime. Yes, I understand that they're focused on Team PCB. And that involves uh, Rick Starter, Charlotte, and Paige, who's been on the roster for two years now and has clearly been one of their central divas. Don't you think it would have behooved them to put the diva that had the best reaction and is clearly the, the, the best talent they have right now in that division in the hottest divas angle they have and build around her instead of slowing her growth and, and not giving her enough airtime so that the mainstream fans get en- enough of her to know who she is. That was a really oddly worded question. It Let was. It is dripping with the fanboyism of Sasha Banks. Let me, let me just paraphrase. The listener is upset that Sasha Banks is not getting as much airtime as some of the other divas, despite the fact she's demonstrated herself to be probably the best worker currently and the one with the best reaction of all the, the current divas that have been promoted. And he thinks that they should build around, he or she thinks they should build around her right now and focus on her growth because they can build all the other divas around her. Why aren't they doing uh, that, and is it a bad idea, et cetera, et cetera. So go ahead, Mike. I think I just helped out with that one. <laughs> well, I mean, I understood the question. Um all right, first things first, the team should have been, it shouldn't have been PCB. I love Becky Lynch. It should have been Team PCS. Sasha being a part of Charlotte and Paige's team. That being said, Sasha is a draw. Sasha is definitely a draw. Why aren't they focusing on Sasha right now? Because technically she's on the heel team. And that she's on the heel team that isn't that doesn't have the championship. And by not focusing on her now, they are protecting her because Sasha Banks has not taken really a fall. She is currently undefeated in one on one action on the main roster. None of the other Divas has really... I think Paige beat her once. Yeah, I think Paige beat her once. Other than that, Sasha's been beating Paige and Charlotte and Nikki Bella. Why haven't they focused on her yet? Because they want to establish the face she's going to beat. Meanwhile, Sasha is currently wrestling in NXT, where she is the focal one of the focal points of that. She's about to have an Iron Woman match with Bailey. They're going to go for a half hour. That match is going to be hella good. 
So they're not, they don't have to rush Sasha Banks along. So there's the answer to your question. Why aren't they? Because they don't have to. It's already over. They're already protecting her. She's already having good matches. They're already putting over the divas that are getting more airtime. And she's going to be the focal point. So calm your tits. <laughs> the biggest no pun in, no pun intended. And by the way, Sasha's not I don't think she's the best wrestler. She's one of the best wrestlers. The other best wrestlers are Natalia and Becky, period. Right. I give think Becky Lynch their respect too. The biggest point in that whole thing to me is the fact that look, she is still down at NXT, she still has the, the her rematch. And I think they're trying to focus on that. Plus, like you said, the other thing is, too, she's a part of the heel team doesn't have the title. You have to get that title on her face. So get the title on Charlotte, burn off the rematch with the Bellas, and then you get, it, it probably gets Shasta right out of the gate. And at that point, you build everybody up enough. Speaks, it, it, it really is obvious. I mean, I, I get everybody's, like, crazy high on Sasha, especially after what happened SummerSlam weekend in Brooklyn with that with that match with Bailey, which was fantastic. I get it. But give it some time. They, they've actually, I feel like they've done right by Sasha at the moment. We'll see what happens down the road. But so far, I think they've done right by her. I don't, I don't have an issue with what they've done with Sasha, Sasha Banks, personally. So... Oh, it's a Kevin Owens question. All right. Kevin Owens is going going for the Intercontinental title on Sunday. Clearly, this is WWE finally trying to give him a direction after his U.S. title program got derailed. But given the credibility of the Intercontinental title, despite Ryback's best efforts with it, I, feel, I, I almost feel like this is a downgrade for Kevin Owens still as he goes from facing John Cena for a U.S. title that's been essentially rebuilt to a, a title that's had a very, very long, cursed pattern over the last few years. Do you worry about where Kevin Owens will go with the Intercontinental title? And really, what do they do once he has his hands on the title? Do I worry for Kevin Owens once he gets the Intercontinental title? Not really. So I'll tell you why. Whatever he does... He is going to act like he is the center of the show. And he is going to go out there every week, and he's going to make that title important. Is it cursed? No. <laughs> Staph infections happen, especially in physical contact sports. Pretty common. <laughs> Daniel Bryan is insane. God bless him. Probably shouldn't have had the Intercontinental title to begin with. Probably shouldn't have been wrestling at that point to begin with. Still, he's insane. Don't blame the inter- Don't blame Daniel Bryan for for that nonsense. After that, the Intercontinental Championship had marginally more prestige than the U.S. title. The thing is, they decided to put the U.S. title on Cena. He went after the U.S. title. He's defended every week. Intercontinental Championship, they couldn't defend it every week. Daniel Bryan was injured. Then they put that title in the Hell in a Cell. Ryback, he beat Miz, who has held the Intercontinental Championship about 150 times. 
Maybe Big Show, which is a big win. No pun intended. That's a big win. Nobody, re- I mean, Big Show generally put Ryback over pretty clean. Ryback would have had a more substantial reign. However, again, staff infections are pretty common in contact sports and sport entertainment. It happens. So Kevin Owens getting the Intercontinental Championship. Is it a downgrade from the... It's not a downgrade from the U.S. title. It's a downgrade from wrestling John Cena. Let's just call that how it is. Now, he is going to be wrestling with the Intercontinental Championship against Chris, and, and House Show Tours against Chris Jericho. He's going to be wrestling against Ryback still. So it's not like he's going down in competition. Not. Kevin Owens is going to continue to be the guy. He's going to go out there. He's going to he's going to give the best promo on the show. He's going to make that title entertaining. I don't know who he drops it to. I don't even know where he goes from here. I don't. After the Ryback feud burns out, where does he go? Go back to Cesaro? Does he go to Miz again? Does he go to Bray Wyatt? Who knows? I think the big... the Kevin Owens came up in this new era of we only have one world title. So your U.S. and your Intercontinental title, obviously that's why they gave the team to the U.S. They said, all right, we got to start building this up because we're going to have one world title. The mid-card titles have to be built up better to almost be of a high, of a high cap, like almost like a heavyweight championship. So the U.S. title got to that point. The Intercontinental title was supposed to get to that point with Daniel Bryan. He got hurt. You had to put it on Ryback. Then Ryback got hurt. So you couldn't get the title on the show and have it defended enough where it met the level of John Cena. Ryback did his best, you know, but like like, like you said, it, it's stuff like that happens. It's not his fault. But he did his best, and he got some good wins out of it, and, you know, it is what it is. Kevin Owens can make that title. You, you said it the best. He makes everything he does important. Therefore, if he's holding a title, that title becomes important. I would give him, I hope they give him a decent reign, and I hope in that reign, I know they've had this whole thing, oh, I'm a prize fighter, I fight, you know what I mean, I fight on my terms. I do hope they kind of run some kind of challenge every now and then where he defends it as often as possible, just because it will build it up. And he can handle that, you know what I mean? He can handle that. And then when he drops it, which I think he will before WrestleMania, I, want, I, I assume he'll drop it in a multiple guy match because they do not want him to get pinned. It's the same guy that even when he lost to Cena, took Cena to the limit. They're not going to have him get pinned clean that often if he does get pinned. So I assume he'll drop in like a multiple guy match or in a ladder match or something and, and keep him from getting pinned. He'll get ultra protected and then and who asks for who he drops it to? Who in their right mind knows? But once he gets his hands on it, he ain't dropping it to at least December, in my mind, until TOC. At the very least. To me. So that's, that's my, my feeling. Um, it seems that Randy Orton will be taking an extended period off 
from the company. It's been widely speculated for over a year now that Randy Orton is looking to go to more of a part-time schedule because he feels that there is so much that he's already done and there's very little left for him to do, and because it will help on the wear and tear of his body. What what else is there left for Randy Orton to do? And if this is the case that he's going to be going to a part-time schedule, make, therefore making him a special attraction, what other potential – well, this is the same question you just mentioned, but whatever – what other potential attractive matches are there left for Randy Orton? Not Sheamus. Yeah, please. <laughs> that being said, what potential matches are there for Randy Orton? Well, if you're going to sit there and tell me that Finn Balor versus Randy Orton isn't interesting, then you don't like wrestling. If you're going to tell me that you don't think Sami Zayn versus Randy Orton can probably do a three-star match at half speed, half speed, you probably don't like wrestling. If you're sitting there telling me that you don't think Randy Orton and Samoa Joe can't do four stars, you don't like wrestling. You can't tell me that Kevin Owens versus Randy Orton at their best can't be the best match of the year you don't like wrestling. Randy Orton is that damn good. Yes, there are guys he just doesn't have that chemistry with. And there are guys that we never want to see him wrestle like Gad. <laughs> like Sheamus. <laughs> and those guys have good matches. It's just, leave it alone. <laughs> If Randy Orton and Sheamus never wrestle another match again, they've already had too many matches. <laughs> Way too many. I digress. What more is there for Randy Orton to do? Well, I will tell you this right now, among other things. If, if John Cena breaks the record, the 16 times record, you can bet Triple H is going to shove another, and this is no joke, another like five title reigns down Randy Orton's throat. <laughs> He's going to make sure that Randy Orton is the guy, not John Cena. So, however, what else is there? Randy Orton, at this point, has been wrestling even a little longer than Cena. And he's a little bit better than Cena. He doesn't have much left to do. He can come in and pick his spot. He could do a WWE film here and there. He could go home and actually be with his fiancée. He can be with his daughter. He can just do whatever he wants. He's Randy Orton. If he wants to come out of nowhere and RKO the crap out of you, he can do that because he's Randy Orton. There's not a whole lot left for him to do, per se. Right. But... As of right now, I should say, there's not a whole lot for him to do. But there are potential matchups down the line for Randy, which makes it kind of which makes him kind of a draw. So may you make him a special attraction now. You make him into a special attraction now, so later on down the road, those matches are more important. Right. So if Randy pulls back now, good for him because he's earned it. 
he's had a hell of a run as a full-time guy. So, yeah, there's really not a whole lot left. There's more money in him being a special attraction and those matches down the road with Sami Zayn, with Finn Balor, with Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, with Hideo Itami. Those matches are more important down the road. And trust me, those matches are going to be good. (laughs) Just to be clear, those matches will be hella good. I, you mentioned all those matches you mentioned would be great. I do know, and this has been speculated for a while now, that one of the matches he wants it was Brock Lesnar. And I know that there's been a lot of reluctance because obviously Randy's had you know neck uh, neck injury in the past, and you know Brock, we all know how Brock works. So, but I do know that's one match that he's kind of wanted, or it's, it's been speculated he wants. So there's always that too. So, but yeah, I, I, I echo everything you said. It's it's there's a lot of I mean obviously we know Randy's a draw and there's a lot of value and he puts guys over. He's good at enhancing talent. And look, the bottom line is he, there's nothing you know for him to do right now, unless you have him feud with Kevin Owens or so. There's nothing there. He's he's you know he's he's feuded with almost everybody outside of new NXT talents. There's nothing for him to do. So it's it's fine to have him take some time off right now. When you don't have nothing for him to do, just have him take time off. That's what they used to do with Big Show. You know, it's kind of what I think they should do with Big Show right now because they got nothing for him to do. Just don't, you can't keep just can't keep 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 keeping people around just for the heck of it. You can use those spots to give other people time. You know, if you can't, a guy like Big Show or Kane or Orin, if they got nothing to do, just write them off for a little bit. It's not the end of the world, you know. All right, last question of the night, and it's a very straightforward one. Things have been very radically up and down for WWE for pretty much the last two to three years. Although you can argue it's in its darkest time right now as they're trying to push new talents, but at the same time can't seem to let some rise to the top because of certain people that are currently holding on to positions at the top. There's been a lot said about the negatives in WWE right now. What, in your opinion, is the worst thing about WWE right now? Kevin Dunn, John Cena. Straightforward answer. Yeah. And I will repeat that answer because that's the truth. Because, I mean, I know the conventional person might say Vince McMahon, but so much of what Vince does is so so in conjunction with what Kevin Dunn has told him. If Kevin Dunn wasn't in his ear, okay, Based on what we've all heard and what's been speculated, if Kevin Dunn wasn't in his ear, Vince wouldn't make a lot of the decisions he does. And there's been a lot said recently, and again, it's speculation. I know there's no way of ever knowing. We all speculate. But a lot's been said about John Cena and politics. And we know this happens over the years with top talent anyway. It's happened for years now. When you have a top talent, they have politics. There's all kinds of rumors out there, but I, I agree. I think it's Cena, and I think it's it's Kevin Dunn. And I think if you didn't have those issues, then I think the company would be in a lot better shape. And it's not just a ratings thing. It's a creative thing. Look, ratings might go down no matter what you throw out at people because I, th- I do think you're hitting a point now, you know, 
you got to remember something. We've talked about ratings in regards to everything in TV. The TV, the TV era has changed. Things have changed in TV. But you got DVRs. You got so many other ways to watch. People watch on YouTube. Who's to say that the reason why people aren't watching wrestling is not because of the product, but because of the fact that, you know, people say, hey, I'm not going to sit there and watch three hours of Raw. I'll just go to YouTube and watch the parts I want to watch. You don't, you know that stuff happens. It's what happened. It's what's happened to some of the reality competition shows, like Dancing with the Stars, and that that people don't watch them live anymore because they say, "Hey, wait a minute, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch all the couples or all the people contestants I don't like. I'll just go to YouTube and watch people I do like." You can do that, which is why you see a lot of networks and stuff pulling stuff off of YouTube because they know people are doing that. It happens. I'm not saying that the product WWE is pushing isn't good. I mean, isn't isn't bad? It's bad. But I don't think, look, there's been times where WWE has been absolutely horrible. And, you know, the ratings haven't tanked. I don't think the the ratings argument is the biggest argument as, as you can make. I think creatively, is the, the creative aspect is the biggest argument you can make. And all this young talent that you've now brought up can't get, you know, other than Seth Rollins, okay, can't seem to rise. Because there's always something preventing them from getting there. And that's not right. Even Seth Rollins has been handled badly in some ways because of the same constrictions. And that's unfortunate. All right. So we did six questions. I think that's good. We covered everything we need to get through, so... We will start to wind down now. As always, the show might be over, but that does not mean you have to stop interacting, contributing with us. You can continue to send in your feedbacks, your questions, your comments, reactions to our show and things that we said or suggestions about our show, breaking news items or topics you want to make sure we cover. Any of those things you can submit to us via email, Facebook, and Twitter. You can email us at itspotlight411 at gmail.com. That's itspotlight411 at gmail.com. You can follow us and tweet us at ITSpotlight411. Again, that's at ITSpotlight411. And please remember to use the hashtag, hashtag ITSpotlight411. Again, that's hashtag ITSpotlight411 for anything you tweet regarding our show. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for us using the full title of our show, In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. And once you find our fan page, like our page, and go ahead and post whatever it is you like to post. And, again, do keep in mind that our full, the full title of our show will be changing, but you can continue to find us on Facebook using that full title right now. Uh, I mean, do encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest information about our show, especially as it relates to schedule, especially with football Friday now, because we never really have a set time for that on Fridays. So you want to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for alerts on the schedule and, and, and breaking news related to our show. But if you do not do that, the best, the next best thing to do is to follow us on our main show page here on TalkShoe.com. You can find us here on TalkShoe.com by searching for us using our full title in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you have find our main show page, you'll have access to all our episodes since our move to talk. So you can find them all in the episode archive at the bottom of the page. They're all in order from the most recent show to the oldest. You can also find our most recent show in the most recent episode box in the top right-hand corner. Just click on the play icon in the box, and the episode will play for you. Also on that page, whenever I schedule a show, there will be a countdown clock and upcoming episode listing so you know when our next show is going to be. You'll know what it's going to be about. So, and I don't usually schedule shows until right before they're about to happen. So 
what you want to do is come to the show page regularly, particularly on show days, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Just keep hitting refresh, and you'll know when we're going to have a show, or if it's already happened, you'll be able to access it right away and catch up on it. And if you want to, even come back to the show page the days after our shows. That way, if you have missed the show, you can also catch up on it. So our main show page is very helpful. Make sure to utilize it here on TalkShoe.com. You can also check us out on our second home, LivesIn.com. Search for us on using the full title of our show in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then, once, and then again, once you're on our show page over there, scroll down, you'll find all of our recent episodes on there in order from the most recent day to the oldest. They're all labeled for you. So if you are interested in those episodes, you want to catch up or you just want to listen to them again, and there are all of our more recent episodes, feel free to go check those out over there on Libsyn.com, our second home. You can also... Maybe you're feeling nostalgic with our fifth anniversary coming up, or maybe you've never even listened to these episodes. Maybe you'd like to check them out. If uh, These episodes I'm talking about are our original episodes, our first 31 episodes, and they're available over on our old home, blogtalkradio.com. So if you're interested, head over there, search for us using the full title of our show, In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our old show page over there, scroll down, you'll find those first 31 episodes, our original 31 episodes, of our show are on there in order from the most recent date to the oldest. They're all labeled for you for your convenience. So if you're interested in those episodes, feel free to go check those out over on blogtalkradio.com. Um, to all those worried about iTunes, I'm told that uh, I'm getting conflicting information because I'm told that the iTunes issue has been dealt with, but I don't know for sure. So people can feel free to go out there and try and see if it has. But if it hasn't, Jeff Tech's got more work to do. But anyway, Mike, is there anything you want to plug or add? Is there anything I want to plug or add? Hmm. Other than sleep. I do enjoy sleep. Um, hmm. You know what? There isn't a whole lot. There isn't because I have just been out of the loop all weekend. Um, so there's really nothing. Um, I have to get a PlayStation 3 soon. PlayStation 3, 4. As they announce another Kingdom Hearts game, which I have to buy. So that's just it. I mean, there, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that I could have mentioned, but just, I, I, I want to go to sleep. Sorry. Fair enough. I, I give you the time. You can use it or not. It's up to you. All right. Want to thank Jeff Tech as always for being here tonight. Thank you, Jeff Tech. Want to thank Mike for being here tonight. Thank you, Mike. Again, sleep. Great. I want to thank myself for another great show. Pat myself my back and thank all of you for your continued support and contributions to the show. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, and Justin wasn't here, so I can't give a shout-out to him, but hopefully everything's well with him. So, See, I even mention when he's not here. He should be, you know, consider me thoughtful. But anyway, Pat myself my back, great show. And thank all of you for your continued support and contributions to the show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, again, three shows this week are uh, – Got a huge show on Thursday, one of our biggest of the year, the fifth annual In the Spotlight TV Awards. This coming Thursday here, 
broadcasting live on talk show at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Again, we'll start tonight by announcing the nominees for the live vote awards that you all helped to decide the nominees for. We'll announce the nominees. You have an hour to vote on them, and then we will announce the winners of those awards right before the biggest award of the night, TV program of the year. And as always, we'll, and then as we always do, we'll announce, of course, all the winners of the TV awards. It will be a, That's the whole show. There won't be anything else going on. So you do not want to miss, again, it's one of our biggest shows of the year, the 5th Day in the Spotlight TV Awards coming at you here on Talk Show this Thursday, broadcasting live at 8 o'clock Eastern time. That is our next show, and, of course, Football Friday this Friday. And, again, right now it looks like it's going to be around 12, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time that we start, but I'll let you know and confirm with you all on Thursday's show. So that's what's coming up the rest of the week. I hope you all have a great rest of your night, a great Wednesday, and a great Thursday. See you back here. For the 5th Annual In the Spotlight TV Awards, broadcasting live here on Talk Show at 8 o'clock Eastern Time this Thursday. That is our next show. Until then, have a good night, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.